Alright everybody, how we doing? Good morning. Alright, now I need to know, how you guys enjoying this movie, uh, movie themed series these first few weeks? Pretty good? Isn't this fun? I'm telling you, I love the, uh, if, you, if you hadn't been here like five minutes before the, uh, the, the gathering starts, the five minute countdown is just a bunch of clips of cool movies, you need to check that out. Um, also, did you notice as you walked in, uh, the hallway, there was these classic movie theme songs playing. Wasn't that cool? I mean, I came in this morning, I heard Footloose, man, you know, and I'm just walking in like Kevin Bacon. I thought I was Kevin Bacon. And then they told me, you're not Kevin Bacon, please stop. So I did. But anyway, listen, I hope you guys are enjoying this. This is, uh, we love us some movies here at my church. And uh, I think we love movies uh, because we love stories. And the reason the best stories mean a lot to us is I think that the best stories remind us of the story, the big story, that the, the great storyteller, God himself, is, is telling through the centuries and through the ages about how he loves and cares for and connects with his people and anyone who reaches out to him. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to take some cool movie clips and you know, glean some understanding of it. Anybody here last week for uh, Ed Griffin Hagen on Rudy? My gosh, I missed it because I was out of town and I listened to the podcast. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Social media, I was up in Virginia. Social media was blowing up in my church nation. Uh, people quote, putting quotes and pictures of that little card he handed out. If you missed that, I'm begging you go to the My Church website, mychurchcolumbus.com. Go to the messages page and check out the audio from Ed. You know, he's coming back next week. Ed's got another uh, movie-themed message. You guys want to know what movie it is? You want to know? Do you? Do you? Yeah. A few good men. He's going there next week. You don't want to miss that. But today, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. And before we start that, I just want to give you a quick shout-out um, from Jeff and Christy Murphy, uh, our, our lead pastor and his wife and their family. They're on a, a, a nice extended vacation and uh, I got to, to have a little text conversation with them yesterday because they texted, they're about to, they, they were traveling across uh, towards Colorado and they're about to go off the grid, which just scares me. I don't know, I don't even know what that means, but they're going to be, they'll have to drive to, to find internet, you know, hours, for, you know, where they're headed. So they're going to be in Colorado, about to have a good time. And uh, I said, is there anything I can uh, share with, the ga- with my church nation uh, from from you guys, and they said, listen, they've been on a tour the last couple of weeks, checking out some of the coolest churches in America, and meeting and talking with uh, pastors and leaders from just really cool, innovative churches, there's more of that to come for them in the weeks ahead, and they said, it's going great, and they're learning some cool stuff, but they miss you guys, and even though they're in the coolest churches in America, They'd rather be at my church. So uh, they wanted you to know that they miss you and they can't wait to get back. And y'all be praying for them that it'll be an awesome time that they'll rest, recoup, and also learn a lot of cool stuff. So, Guardians of the Galaxy, who has seen it? Raise your hand, please. All right. Um, How many of you do not like sci-fi space movies? Raise your hand. How many of you don't like movies... Uh, that are made of comic books. You don't like comic book movies. Okay, so here's what I... I want to talk to you guys for just a couple minutes because obviously Guardians of the Galaxy is both. 
It's science fiction. It's interplanetary travel. It's spaceships and weird things and weird people from all different planets. It's also themed after a comic book, uh, a Marvel comic book made by Stan Lee and their boys, and they apparently, and I never ever saw a Guardians of the Galaxy comic book, but apparently comic book people love Guardians of the Galaxy. So they made a movie out of it. I want to talk to you guys who don't like this kind of movie. I'm just going to ask you, suspend belief for just a little while. For the next 31 minutes, can you just go with me to a magical place, a magical land called the Marvel Universe? And I know it's weird. The main characters in this movie, one of them's Star-Lord, Peter Quill. He's a human guy, uh, just like me. <laughs> no, not anything like me, because he's, he's, you know, strong and buff and good-looking. Man, I'm, I'm skinny and old, but the point is, he's human, and then, but everybody else in, on his team is weird. They're from other planets. There's a green girl. Why is she green? Because everyone on her planet is green. Just accept it. Don't fight it. Just, it's, it's the way it is. There's a, a guy, a big, burly, strongman guy who looks like he has this weird body tattoo. Um, he's, he's cool, and he can beat people up. It's awesome. There, there, here are the other characters. Are you ready? One of them's a talking raccoon. Now, that's a deal-breaker for a lot of people when it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy because raccoons don't talk. I know that, okay? It's a movie, you know, and, and I understand that you, you, don't, you might not like the movie because raccoons don't talk. Well, listen, neither... You know what else doesn't happen? A mouse doesn't stand up on its, on, on its back feet, get dressed, wear white gloves, and have a theme park made after him. But most of us have bought the mouse ears, have we not? So let's just... You know, it's, it's okay. The cool thing about the raccoon, he is voiced in this movie by Bradley Cooper, who is way cool. That kind of helps, all right? The last character is a walking tree. <sighs> this is getting tougher to sell, isn't it? The walking tree, voiced by Vin Diesel. Who doesn't love Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel's awesome. You know, Fast and the Furious, walking tree. Just make the leap, it'll work, okay? So these guys are these, uh, are these misfit outlaws that somehow, through weird series of events, come together and have the opportunity to do something amazing and become heroes. And so we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy today and our topic that we're going to glean and we're going to look at the, the scriptures and learn about the topic of community. Say that word. Let's say that word. Community. Excellent. You guys are good. Thank you. Community. Community literally is just a group of people who come together that, that, that may not come together over geography or socioeconomic status or race or gender or any other matter, but they come together because they find some commonality, some life experience, maybe history, maybe culture, maybe philosophy, maybe belief. And so we, in a very real sense, are a community of faith because we are to one degree or another, interested in fa the faith life. Maybe you're here today and this is the first time you've experienced a My Church worship service. And maybe you're really not into the faith thing. You're just checking it out. That's way cool. We're, we're glad you're here. It's actually why we're here is so that anybody can come and check out the claims of Christ and hopefully have a, a, a cool experience for about an hour. But wherever we are on the faith spectrum we are or have the potential to become a community. People that come together because we have 
something in common. Our interest, curiosity, maybe passion and love for the faith life and for the, the author and the completer of our faith who is the man, Jesus Christ. And so we gather here on Sundays to worship him. We gather here to learn about him. And this is kind of a creative way where we're going to talk about community. I want to tell you uh, or show you this verse in the Bible. It's from the book of Ephesians chapter 3. It's from the Apostle Paul, one of the big dog, really important leaders of the first century church. The, the, the very first Christians 2,000 years ago who began forming their belief system and their structure around the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Paul, within that first hundred years of Christ being on the earth, was one of the great leaders who helped shape the faith. And he used to write letters to believers that were scattered in different provinces and areas of what was then the Roman Empire. In this particular letter, he wrote to the uh, Ephesus region. The, The book of Ephesians is what it's now called. And he shares with these people teachings and, and, and concepts to help them learn about faith. And one of the things he writes in this letter that he wrote to, him, to these people was a prayer. He said, this is what I pray when I pray for you. And it's interesting, Paul did this all the time in a bunch of the different letters that we find in our New Testament. And he says these prayers. And you know something interesting about the prayers that he prays for people? He rarely prays prayers or writes these prayers about individuals he's always praying that they'll experience things and learn things together as a group he says I pray that you're going to be knit together in the love of Christ that you'll become this strong community the verse that we're going to actually read today is Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 and 18 And it says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power or the ability, together with all the Lord's people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Love that verse. You know, we actually sang about that, the first song. His love is deep, his love is wide, it's wild and furious and awesome. And that's that's what Paul was saying. And do you know that he didn't say... I pray that you will learn about the love of God all by yourself. No, he says, together with all the Lord's holy people. Because he gets it that community is key. Now, something that in our community, our faith community, that we value big time is, could be summed up in the word change. Change. We follow Christ and we do the faith thing because we really believe that God through his love and through our relationship has the power to change us he has the power to take things in our lives and make them different than they are now and over time bring meaningful change you know stuff that's broken he can bring healing in our lives things that are dysfunctional in our lives can find stability this kind of change is what we need. It can make us healthier people. It can make us better friends, better parents, better spouses. This is the change that we desire. And here's my premise for today's message. We don't change in isolation. We change in community. 
If it were possible for us to experience major change and development and growth as people all by ourselves, kind of on an emotional relational island, so to speak, if we could do that, then I don't think Paul would have prayed over and over again in these prayers that he records. I don't think he would have said, I want you all to experience this together. Community is clutch. Community is key. It's absolutely essential. And yet community is difficult. It's, it's almost like we default, human beings, we can default back to isolation, back to individualism, as opposed to embracing the autonomous collective that we actually are, that we actually are supposed to be as a community. We want to... We tend to, uh, even though our hearts crave acceptance and family and community, it's very easy for us to go back into individualism. And so today we're going to talk about, we're going to make the case for community and why it's important. I'm going to show you a clip from Guardians of the Galaxy right now that shows you, it's just a funny little thing that gives you an example of how difficult it can be when diverse people try to come together in a community. Diversity is what makes us awesome. Uniqueness is a God thing, but it also is what makes it, ends up making it tough sometimes for us to come together. So watch this funny clip and see if you can see some of the weird diversity that this group of people has to deal with. I have a plan. I have a plan. Six you're yammering and relieve us from this irksome confinement. Yeah, I'll have to agree with the walking thesaurus on that one. Do not ever call me a thesaurus. It's just a metaphor, dude. His people are completely literal. Metaphors are going to go over his head. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. Oh, testing. There you go. I'm sorry. I, I just love that clip. I laugh at it because the guy whose uh, people on his planet are literal and so they don't get metaphors and they say it goes over your head. He goes, nothing can go over my head because I would catch it, you know. But have you ever, and then the green girl goes, I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like, I, I am stuck in a family or in a community or in a, on a team or, you know, in work or, or school or whatever, and I am surrounded by idiots. You know, I, I can totally relate to that. Here's the good news. Everybody around you thinks the same thing. We're all this diverse group of people that has all these weird quirks and these, these wonderful uniquenesses. This is not even a word. But that, and when we come together, it becomes challenging. But I believe community is worth it. I think it's worth it. It's worth the, the drama. It's worth the, the, the hassle. It's worth the pain for us to experience community. And here's why I think we should embrace community. A couple of, just a handful of things that we're going to talk about today. We should embrace community. We should sacrifice for it. We should invest in it because we have, we all have value to add. We have value to add. I uh, want to read you another verse from the book of Ephesians where Paul is trying to explain and teach and talk about how it is that the church can come together, 
how the leadership structure can come together and how important it is for us as a community to contribute. And he says in uh, chapter 4, he says, from him, he's talking about Jesus, from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together. Now let's pause there. He's using an analogy, a metaphor that the big muscle guy's planet doesn't get, by the way, because they're literal people. But he's using a metaphor of the community of faith as like a human body that has all different kind of moving parts and all sorts of intricacies, but it's critical and important for all the parts to come together so that the body can function. And literally, the community of faith, the church, a local church expression like ours and the church as a whole universally and historically is referred to in Scripture often as the body of Christ. Sounds like a weird concept, but what the point is, is that on this earth, on this actual literal planet, we who follow Christ, if we come together and function well together, we can be as if, as like the body of Christ, meeting the needs, impacting people, and changing the world. And so that's the analogy that Paul is using here. And he says, from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up as, let's say this together, each part does its work. Thank you for not saying that with me. Let's try again. Let's say, as each part does its That's it. We all have value to add. That's why, one reason why community matters. Because all of us, each of us has a role, a part to play in the expression of faith in this community, perhaps in this local church expression, but definitely in this world that we live in through the time that we have here in our lives. We all have a role to play. And it's, and it's important and critical for us to bring the value that God has given to us, to bring it and to add it. There are folks who resist relationships, who resist involvement and connecting and really investing in other people because they don't really believe in the value that they hold, that they could, that they could offer. And you think, well, what do I have to offer? Well, let me just say, as you think about the phase of your life you're in right now, you think about the relationships, be it family, work, social, fill in the blank. Perhaps in a local church expression. Are there times, are there, are there issues and times where you find yourself holding back? Do you play it safe? I have to ask myself this question sometimes. Because I want to say, look, did I really, you know, I look back on a day or a week or a period of time in my life and I go, did I really invest myself? Or did I just kind of walk through it? Did I really kind of take a chance and really, in, in a relationship, really give more of my heart? Give more of my care and compassion? Or did I just kind of do my own thing? This is a question that we all have to ask. When it comes to the community of faith, one of the, one of the most practical ways that we can bring our value to the community is through serving. Is through serving. 
Now, this is where I want to just share with you that in my life and in my experience, even in through some of the darkest times of my life, some of the most discouraging, depressing times of my life, I have found major value and major health and really healing that came into my heart by getting outside of myself, getting outside of my own head and serving other people. I remember there was a real difficult time about six years ago. I was right about to, um, I was about a month away from getting divorced, which I have been for, for six years now. And it was just the darkest, one of the darkest times in my life. And I felt the Lord directing me to find a place to serve and bless and help other people. And I thought, what in the world do I have to offer? I'm like so broken and busted up right now. I've got nothing. What could I bring to the table? And honestly, I didn't have a lot because I was so hurt. But I just said, I can't make this all about me. I can't make my life all about somebody help me, somebody meet my needs. God just directed me to do that. And I'm telling you, every good thing that's happened over the last six years of my life is related to that decision to serve to get outside of myself. And I certainly still gave attention to the issues and stuff inside me that needed help. But I just got out there and I started helping. And I just started serving. And so I encourage you, whether it's in a church context or whether it's in relationships that have very little to do with the faith thing, invest yourself. Invest yourself in someone else. Bring the value that you have into that relationship, into that setting, you'll, you'll see amazing things happen. Stability and healing and health can start coming into your life. Now, I just want to say, before we move on, and just to kind of plant the seed and give you a little heads up that over the next, through, through now and the end of the, the calendar year, uh, 2015, there are some amazing things going on at my church. We are pumped about some of the stuff we're going to roll out in the fall and and uh, just some new initiatives and just a renewed, refreshed, creative vision about how we're going to help people find their way back to God. And there will be opportunities for you to serve. There are opportunities now for you to serve. There are people sitting in this room right now who are hanging out or enjoying the music, enjoying the message, hopefully, not falling asleep. They're, they're doing this service, and you know what they're going to be doing in the next hour? They're going to be serving, watching the kids. They're going to be changing diapers in the nursery. They're going to be serving coffee in the cafe, working in the parking lot. People in, uh, in my church nation come together and they bring their value to, to serve. And it's not just a task. That's the thing. It's not just a task. It's not a, just a diaper that needs to be changed or a door that needs to be held. It is that because there are practical things that need to be done. But you know what it is? The point is bring what you have bring you to that task and let God use you to bless people nobody can do what you do nobody can tell your story the way you can tell your story and the world is waiting the church is waiting your where you live your family your workplace they're waiting for you to just unleash a bunch of you into into that situation so serve we all have value you have a role 
And if you don't have a church home that you like to attend regularly and that you like to play, if you do, then by all means, take these ideas into that context. But if you're looking, if you don't have any place to be, I just want to tell you, you, can, you, have, a, you, can, you have a lot to offer here. You could belong here. And speaking from experience, it's one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. So let's bring the value we have to add. That's, that's one of the big reasons that community matters. Another reason I want to say that community matters is that we all have burdens to carry. Burdens to carry. Another encouragement from the New Testament Scripture in the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. We all have burdens to carry and apparently from what we're learning in the scripture we were never intended or designed to carry these burdens by ourselves. We were designed to share the burden with others and to reach out and help them with their burdens as well. There is a... uh, Oh, by the way, it says if you carry each other's burdens, you fulfill the law of Christ. There is a, uh, the law of Christ is, is actually, it refers to something Jesus said when he was asked a question by some religious leaders. They said, what's the most important law of all? And he said, I'll tell you, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul, your mind, your strength. And he said, and there's another law that goes right with it. It says, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Love God and love others. Boom, that's the law of Christ. And we can fulfill that by helping carry each other's burdens and being willing to allow someone to help us carry ours. There's a way, a, a way cool scripture story in the New Testament scripture. It's a story of where Jesus was going to a town called Capernaum. And he was real famous by this time. And so he goes into this one house and everybody comes from the town to hear him teach. And it gets so crowded that they can't hardly fit anybody in. Let's, let, let, let's read through this story. I want to tell you about bearing each other's burdens. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. A few days later, Jesus returned. Uh, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people had heard he had come home. And so they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left. Not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Then... Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by the four of them. So basically what it is is that they, they've heard that Jesus can heal people, and they've got this friend. There's four guys that have a friend who's, who's lame, a paralyzed man. And they want to bring him to Jesus, but they can't get in because they didn't get there early enough, and the crowd's too big. So, next verse says, Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. This is incredible. I mean, I don't know what the legal implications of this maneuver was, but how awesome is that? These guys wanted to help their friends so much that they said, we're going to get to Jesus dead, gummit. And we're going to climb up on the roof and we're going to dig through it. (laughs) Can you imagine the guy who was hosting the event in his home? He's like, oh my gosh my roof and all of a sudden you know they lower this guy down and there's this lame man and then there's this conversation that takes place uh it's really cool we don't have time to unwrap everything every part about it but jesus uh was trying to explain that he has the power not just to heal a man's body but to heal his spirit and his soul and forgive him of his sins and they go through all of that and basically 
In verse 11, Jesus says to the guy, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And the guy got up, took his mat, and walked out in full, full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. And I, I'd say they're probably right. I love that story. The imagery of bringing your friend to Jesus, being able to make it, willing to make that kind of sacrifice and do that kind of work. Um, when I think of myself, when I try to place myself in that story, you know who I want to be? I want to be the guys carrying my friend. Because that's cool. And I think there is a real privilege when you have a moment in your life where you're able to do that for somebody. You know who I never want to be in the story? I never want to be the guy on the mat. I don't, because I don't want to put people out. I don't want to... I don't want to bother people. I don't, want, I don't want to be the weak one in the story. I tell you guys often from this platform about the small group of men that I meet with every Tuesday night. It's called Route 1520. It's a really cool uh, men's group. And it started in Birmingham. And we were able to, able to kickstart one here in, in Columbus a few years ago. And these men, one of our phrases is that our desire is, our goal is that when we come together, we connect at weakness. That's our phrase. We want to connect at weakness instead of trying to impress each other with our strengths. And that is not easy to do, and that's why nobody wants to come to my group. Um, no, they do. We have a great group. We've got a bunch of guys that come in there, super courageous men that are willing to do that because we, we're about dropping masks and just being real. And, and, but we're the guys on the mat. We're the guys on the mat, and we know that you know, I was listening to Ed's sermon last week, and he talked about how a, a family member of his, when he turned to Christ, became a Christ follower, he told his family, I don't know if you guys remember this story, uh, one of his family members says, Christianity is just a crutch for weak people. And Ed was like, yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> you know, I thought that was a great story because it's true. At some point, we know deep, down in places we don't talk about at parties that we're going to have to be that guy that, that we are weak and, and, and sometimes a crutch we don't, we don't even have a crutch we're just on a mat and somebody's going to have to carry us to the place where we're going to get healing now I want to show you one last clip from Guardians of the Galaxy is that okay? this is such a cool clip there's a bad guy in this movie his name is Ronan and he is the biggest baddest worst mean guy, all-powerful, yes, thank you, all-powerful, uh, yes, um, Ronan just turned the lights out on me, but, I mean, he feared all over the galaxy, he has this weapon, it's a big staff with a massive sledgehammer-looking thing on the end, and in the middle of this sledgehammer is a purple, glowing, diamond-looking rock thing, and it's called an infinity stone, <gasps> Oh my gosh, he's got the infinity stone. It gives him all power. He can wipe out planets and restart and become the ruler of the galaxy. He is a murderous rampage monster. And in this clip, he has gotten the, he's almost defeated the guardians of the galaxy. Their ship has crashed. He is on the planet. He's about to throw his staff into the dirt and thereby wipe out everybody. And let's watch and see what happens. One of the funniest scenes in the movie, what the guy does to distract him. It's hilarious. Watch Time has come to rejoice and renounce your paltry gods. Your salvation is at hand. Be Sankar! 
tell you what happens after he grabs the infinity stone because if Ronan had grabbed it back death to the planet but Star-Lord Peter Quill he he grabs it so he keeps the bad guy from getting it but there's a problem if a human touches the infinity stone stay with me if a human touches the infinity stone it will destroy him it's too much power he can't handle it so as soon as it as soon as he grabs it that's why the green girl says don't grab the infinity but he grabs it anyway because he knows it's the only way to save the planet so he grabs it but then you see it's glowing in his hand and you see his face is starting to glow he is literally starting to he's about to explode and the next scene transpires in super slow motion and it's kind of gross so I showed I didn't do a close-up but his face actually starts to come apart and I didn't want to show that because it's I thought I'd get in too much trouble because the Michael Jackson dance moves are probably a little too much anyway so here's Star-Lord, and the Infinity Stone is about to, to, to make him disintegrate and explode. What's going to happen? Then the green girl yells, Peter, take my hand. And he's like, what? Should I take her hand? And she reaches out, and so he reaches out and grabs her hand. And as soon as he grabs her hand, she wants to help. Then the power and the, you know, the destructive nature of the Infinity Stone almost gets her too. And she's like, ah! And then the big guy who doesn't get metaphors, he, he reaches over, you see, and he grabs him by the shoulder. And it kind of freaks him out too. But now there's three of them. And the Infinity Stone still hasn't destroyed them yet. And then, of course, the raccoon's going to get in on it. Boom! Rocket! Bradley Cooper! grabs the forefinger. Oh, this is so silly. But anyway, you get what's going on. So now all four of them are, are, and it hurts at first, but do you know what happened when all four of them reach reach out and touch and try to handle the situation together? Boom. The power of the Infinity Stone is harnessed. And none of them explode. They're able to make Ronan, the bad guy, explode. The planet is saved and there will be a sequel. What do you know? That, and it, thank you. There are four people who love this movie. So here's, here's my point. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. In community, we are told, bear each other's burdens. Carry your wounded friends to the Lord, to the place of healing. But it means, implied in there, is that we're going to have to allow our friends in our community 
to bear our burdens. And that is not easy to do. It is counterintuitive. We don't want to do it. We want to be strong. For one thing, we probably don't want them to know why we're weak. and what it, we'd want to con- We want to impress each other with strength instead of connecting at a point of weakness. But what we think is, is that we're, bearing the, we're carrying this burden. And we think, yeah, it's hard, but I can handle it. And the friends, are, there are people around you that are saying, please take my hand. Let me help you. And you're like, no, I got it. I'm good. And they're like, no, you are literally coming apart. You're about to fall apart. It's about to blow up. Help, allow me to help you. Help me. Help you. Help me. Allow me to bear your burdens. And if we can take the courageous step, if we can do the unusual thing of allowing someone into our problem, allowing someone into our trouble to help us bear our burdens, we will fulfill the most important law in all of the scripture, which is loving God and loving each other according to what Jesus said. In a community like that, broken things get healed. Dysfunctional people find stability. And we all get healthier. And it's not easy. And it hurts. And sometimes we feel like we're in a swirl of a purple dust storm. And what's going to happen? I don't know. But let me, just, let me just tell you. If you'll take the next step of leaning into community. And allowing others to bear your burdens. And reaching out to help someone carry theirs. You'll see God do amazing things in your life. And the things that you thought might destroy you may end up making you strong. May end up making all the difference. Now, I'm going to invite, at this time, I'm going to invite the band to join me up here. Where we're going to wrap things up. My hope and goal in this sermon, in this message, this teaching, and these crazy little clips and all of that, my goal was that each of us, wherever we are on our faith journey and our relationships and and all of this, in in the context of your life, that we would all be willing to take a next step in leaning into community. And for some of us, that may mean having the courage, having the guts to... Thank you, man. Having the guts to reach out our hand to someone who's hurting or to take the hand when we're hurting ourselves of the people that are trying to reach out to us. For some of us, it may be starting to believe that we have something of value to offer in a relationship, in, in, a, in a, some kind of context, in, in a church. But for some of us, what, what, the next step might be the most important one of all. And it's the one thing, is the ultimate community maker the ultimate reason that community matters that we should lean into it is because we have we have something in common the coolest thing we have in common in the community of faith the cool we have a lot of things in common including that we're all really really good looking but here's the thing the most important thing we have in common is jesus christ himself the sacrifice that he made on the cross to to make a way for us to be forgiven. Jesus Christ himself is the ultimate community maker. 
And when he made and gave his life as a sacrifice for us, he gave opportunity for all of us to enter into the community. It doesn't matter if we feel like we were kind of close to the religion thing or miles and miles and galaxies away from religion. He has made, through his sacrifice, all of us the same. Because none of us can get in a community of faith without forgiveness of sins. So maybe for you today, your next step is to just invite Christ to become the leader and the forgiver of your life. To, to have your relationship with God through Jesus kickstarted. Maybe that's your step today. Whatever the case may be, I encourage you, don't consider your life an individual effort that is sprinkled with a handful of relationships here and there. Consider your story, your entire story, from the first day to whatever will be your last day. Your entire story is a story of community. It's a story of others, of people, of us coming together. Let's pray. Father, we need you to guide us. We need you to guide us into community. Lord, for those who are here today, who, for whom the next step is to invite Christ to be their leader and forgiver. Father, I ask you to help them. Give them the courage to call out to you in this time of worship and invite your son's sacrifice to forgive their sins. For those of us who need to lean into community, Lord, by bringing what we have to offer and the value you've placed in, in us, help us to take that step. And Lord, for those of us who need to allow people to bear our burdens or we need to reach out and help others, give us the courage to make the unusual step of bearing each other's burdens can't do this on our own so lord we ask you help us do it make us a community in jesus name amen